0: Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick begins the second message in the two-part Finishing the Game series. In this series, you will realize that life is a race and how we finish is predicated on how we run. In the first message, we learned the five things that prepares us to run well. In this second message, also taken from Hebrews chapter 12, we discover that finishing strong is vital to fulfilling the destiny to which God has called us. We need not only to carry the baton from those who ran before us, but also need to hand it off with timing and precision to those who will carry on to the finish line. Together, these messages help us align with the eternal purpose of God. This message was taught at the Trinity Church of God in Winchester, Kentucky, where Billy Keller is the pastor at a men's conference. On this broadcast, Brother Rick begins the second message entitled, Finishing Strong. He begins by reading his text taken from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and then shares a revelation he had about the word, Finishing he gives us a fascinating illustration using the four-step process that a photographer uses to develop film, including three trays that the film goes into. He concludes the session today by bringing us the first of three lessons that we need to learn from what Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 is trying to teach us. And now, here's Brother Rick.
1: Well, hallelujah. Good morning, fellas. What a joy it is to be with you. I appreciate Pastor and kind words he's spoken and Appreciate the support of this church. How many knows that there are certain things you can contribute to that has greater harvest than other things you contribute to? And God has really blessed us to be partners together in something that's really reaping a harvest. Uh, WME, World Missions and Evangelism, is an organization that God's graced me to direct. And God has helped us to work together with missionaries on the field. Since 2001, we've been able to plant 175 churches in unreached people group areas of the world. Because of the results of churches like this right here, we've seen 18,989 souls won to the kingdom thus far. Isn't that wonderful? And I make mention of that for a reason this morning, because it's kind of the context of what I want to talk about. I believe we need to set our sights a little bit higher. I think we need to focus our attention on finishing strong. How many has served the Lord at least 20 years? Can I see your hand? Remember when you started out running, you had all kinds of dreams and aspirations of how things turned out, and it might not have turned out just exactly as you predicted. In fact, God's probably put a hurdle or two, you had to jump on the track, and Sometimes you had to back up and reevaluate, and all kind of things that's happened. But I'm just glad you're still running today. You're still headed to the same place. And so this morning I want you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, and let me just say how much I appreciate the kindness and hospitality of everyone here, Fellas, I'm really glad you're out on Saturday morning. It shows a real hunger for God, and I just want to commend you for being here. Wherefore, seeing we are all so compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with the race that is set before us. Now, verse 2 is what I want to focus on today. Can we say those first three words? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. Let's pray. Father, this morning we just ask for the anointing of your spirit to be poured out upon us. We know your word's already anointed. We know your presence is already here, but Lord, we ask that you would anoint us to receive your word, that it may come into our spirit, that you would give us ears in our spirit to hear, understanding hearts, obedient wills, that we'll receive your word, that it'll bring forth fruit to your kingdom, and glory to your name, for it's in the name of Jesus. We pray in agreement together, we say, Amen. Amen. Now what I want to talk to you about today is without doubt the greatest revelation that God has shown me thus far in my life. It happens to have culminated in my life in the last two weeks. And uh, I want to take my time this morning for you to get this concept because if you'll get this concept inside your mind and in your heart this morning, I'm thinking it'll affect you like it's affected me the last couple of weeks. In fact, I can tell you that in the last couple of weeks I have repented more than I have repented since I've known the Lord. How many think that wouldn't hurt us not? How many knows repentance is not just for sinners? Repentance, the word in Greek is metanoia, means a changing of your mind. That's what I hope happens this morning, a changing of your mind that changes your ways. How many knows you've got to change your mind before you change your direction? You're going to keep living like you're living unless something changes your mind. And the revelation that God has given me in the last couple of weeks has absolutely changed my mind about how I see everything. And so this morning I want to talk to you about some of this. And I want us to look at setting our vision. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus. Let's say that again. Looking unto Jesus. Now a few years ago God gave me a revelation about that word right there. See, back before, I thought this scripture was saying, looking unto Jesus, the beginning and the end of our faith. How many of you thought that's what it's saying? That's not what it's saying. It says the author and the finisher. The word finisher is actually a photography term. And some of you have heard me preach, and I've preached a message called God's Photo Album. And actually, a photographer goes through four processes in the development of a film. And and the first is a snapshot, and I've talked about how that snapshot is a declaration. God always shows you what he's going to do in the future, and the problem is you're left not knowing the next step. (laughs) You can clearly see 20 years down the road, you ain't got an idea how to get up in the morning and walk that out. And so God always shows by vision, because vision is what leads us to a new future. It all begins with vision. And so the word finishing starts with a declaration and a vision, and then I told you, following that declaration comes distress, and that photographer will take that film out of the camera and he'll go into a dark room. And if you just kind of put yourself in the place of that film, you'll understand what God's done to you, because you've got a vision of what's going to happen, and he's spoken to your life maybe through a prophetic word or through some insight, revelatory insight in the word and you've got an idea of what God's going to do, and you get all excited, and then things go completely different than what you anticipated. All of a sudden, everything's dark, and you can't see no more. And you think, what happened to that vision I had last night? That, that future, that thing that you spoke to me, because now I can't see nothing. It's dark, and everything seems to close in on you, and you wonder if you heard from God at all. Am I talking to you this morning? That I means I've experienced that wave at me, so I know I ain't by myself. God told you something, but it ain't happening. In fact, everything happened different. Yeah. Well, you just went into a dark room, and in that dark room is three trays. And the first tray is called the preparation tray, and it's put in chemicals, and the poor little film sitting there crying because he don't know what's going on. He can't see nothing. And the photographer leaves him in and out, in and out, and after a while he comes back and gets him out of that tray and shakes all those chemicals off, and the little film saying, thank God that's over. And he puts them in the second tray. And walks off again, and you realize it wasn't over. And that second tray is called the developmental tray, and that's where the image starts being put on the paper. And that's what God's doing with us. He's letting His image be put in us, He's changing us. From glory to glory, He's changing me. The songwriter wrote, He's bringing His image into me. And then after a while, the photographer comes in, and the film's rejoicing again because he feels himself being lifted out of that tray. And then the photographer puts him in the third tray. And that tray is called the finishing tray. It's that word that I told you right there. In other words, God not only authors your faith, he develops your faith. And you are in that developmental cycle right now. And he puts you in that third tray, and this time he doesn't leave the room. But it's no comfort to you because you still can't see him. It's dark, completely dark. And if any light hits that film in this process... The film forever loses its image. And so in that darkest moment, while the photographer stands there with you in the dark time, he's finishing what he began in you. Because he's got a photo album he's planning on putting you in. As soon as he brings you out of there. Now there's one other thing that the photographer does after he finishes you in the finishing tray. He hangs you up to dry. You ever been there? Hung out to dry? Eh, Just hang on. Because in a few minutes, he's going to open up the photo album and put your picture in, and you're going to be a trophy of grace for him. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus. Now, there's two lessons I want us to learn here. And I hope, by the way, that you got paper and pen. If you don't, maybe we can help you get paper and pen. Because what I'm going to share with you today, I think is going to be a little much... For you to try to remember. And how many knows that a short pencil is better than a long memory? So I encourage you to write this stuff down so you don't forget it. Because I believe it's going to be something that if you can get it. Say this with me. If I can get this, it's going to change my life. I really believe that. So I don't think it's a waste of time that you're here this morning. Now, what is the lessons that Hebrews 12, 2 is teaching us? Number one is teaching us dependency on Jesus, looking to Jesus. You don't have the answer. How many say amen? Amen. If you're going to win this race, how many knows you're going to have to have him coaching you because you ain't got a clue what to do next? Let's be honest. We don't know what we're doing. Amen? We need Jesus. And so the first thing the writer of Hebrews tells us is look to Jesus the author and the developer of your faith. Don't focus your attention on men. It's good to have confidence in men, but it's a horrible thing to have faith in men. Because you put your faith in men, your faith's going to be shit. Amen? You're going you're to have some letdowns. But it's good to have confidence in men, but not faith. Our faith needs to be in God. The Bible says have faith in God. And so what you need to understand is we need to depend on Jesus Christ because how many of you realize that you can't do it for Jesus? When I first got saved, I tried to live for Jesus. It was a huge mistake. And let me explain myself. Every morning I'd get up and I would give myself what I call a chump talk. I'd look in the mirror and say, listen, chump, you are going to live for Jesus. Do you understand? You are going to live for Jesus this morning. And I would gristle up, walk out of there like Frankenstein, trying to live for Jesus, trying not to stumble. And that usually lasted somewhere around 30 minutes until I made some mistake. And I don't know why, but I'd always say, well, I'll try again tomorrow. I don't know why I didn't try again right then, but I guess I felt like I'd messed that day up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Trying to live for Jesus. After about six months of that, I woke up one morning to give myself a chump talk, and I was tired of talking to the chump. And I looked in the mirror and said, you are hopeless. Then I looked up towards heaven and said, Lord, I can't do it. And when I said that, I heard the Holy Spirit say, yeah, we knew that six months ago. If you're trying to live for Jesus, it's because you look at Jesus as a dead historical figure. I got some news for you this morning, gentlemen. He's alive. And you don't need to live for Jesus. You need to let Jesus live in you. There's a great big difference.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page, or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.